From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. The 49ers had the same kind of rhythm I had when I was in third grade dancing to Vanilla Ice. Absolutely none. Yeah, not a great performance today. I thought the defense played all right for the situations they were put in, but just a total stall on the offensive end of the field. And um, the score reflected that. He said, as you were saying, I don't, I don't know what to do with that information, Ant, other than just absolutely incredible. Just and lock it in. I mean, yeah, it's is the. I can still picture it in my head. It's the, it's the perfect. Crying? It's the perfect analogy for this team today. There was no rhythm anywhere whatsoever, and I know the feeling. I didn't have a whole lot either as a kid. So, uh, yeah, super sad, super depressing for this team today. It's not a good performance. Yeah, and I was in the Jackson Five. <laughs> This team, this team really got their comeuppance today. This was not good. No. Um, I will say this, though. I thought the 49ers actually came up with a very good defensive game plan to start the game. They kept Russell Wilson off balance for the first two drives. I thought that was fantastic. They were bringing blitzes. Um, Kwan Williams off the edge really caused a problem for the, the Seahawks. They didn't see it. They confused them with shell coverages. Um, Marcel Harris um, getting out late, getting over the top. It was good. And then... You know, some things happened in the game, but I mean, really, I thought that overall, Robert Sala came out with a solid plan. The offense was the real issue early on in the game. Yeah, the Niners just could not sustain a drive to start the game, and they got down 6-0, and it looked like they finally found their rhythm. They had the long drive to go down and score and go up 7-6, and just not much else after that all the way until garbage time. Too many three-and-outs. They turned the ball over. They gave Seattle short field position several times. And they're too good of a team for your defense to overcome that. Yeah, it was too much. They, they, they dug themselves a hole too early. Uh, and by the time they got anything clicking, and the only reason they got anything clicking, and we can all be honest about this, the, the only reason anything got clicking offensively was because Seattle stopped bringing pressure. Uh, they dropped back into soft zone not going to give up the big play, make you dink and dunk underneath. You're going to have to take up, you're going to have to take up time in order to drive down the field. Right. Um, once Mullins got into the game, for Pete Carroll, that was like the, all right, this is this thing's over. Right, let's just play soft zone. We don't need to get anybody hurt in space. Just let them complete whatever they're going to complete. They can eat out chunks and score here. They got to, they got to figure out a way to stop us. And we, we did get some stops late in the game, but again, getting stops late in the game when you're down 30 to 30 to 14, um, isn't the same as getting stops when you're down 14 or 13 to 13 to seven, like it was in the first half. I think there was two uh, pivotal plays early in the game that kind of caused the game to go a different way than what uh, really was expected. The first was the fact that on third and I think it was five, the 49ers decided to run the Wildcat with McKinnon or the Brandon Ayuk, 
I didn't like the, the look overall. I didn't understand the play call. Um, it appeared that it could have worked if they would have ran it right. Um, but I just really didn't like it. And then I, I thought that that was kind of a weird play call, like almost Kyle outsmarting Kyle. And then I thought the other one was Drake Greenlaw not making the tackle after the interception. It's it's third and, and all he has to do is make a tackle in front of the sticks and they get off the field and that's three straight stops. Russ had no rhythm. And I thought after that happened, he got into a rhythm. And then that's mm -hmm. when the Seattle Seahawks offense started clicking and, and they got going. Yeah, another Kyle, I think Kyle's a fantastic football mind. I'm definitely not one of those people that thinks the Niners should think about getting rid of him or anything. But I think he got too cute for himself several times today with his play calling. Another one was, I think it was on the first drive after halftime, where they called that play that had Jimmy roll right and throw back a screen to Trent Taylor. Oh, yeah. I mean, that play. That was in the second half, right? Yeah. I think yeah. it was that first drive after halftime, if I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's the famous play that they ran against with Richie James. They ran yeah. that last year. Well, it didn't work this time, and right. it set him in a big hole. And I just wouldn't. I know their run game wasn't working like it usually does, when you're one of the top running games in football on third and two, there's no need to get cute like that with Derek McKinnon and all that stuff. I mean, it, yeah, it didn't make that play call. Like you guys said, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense at all. It was open. It was available. I mean, there was a fat hole right at the middle. All Jet had to do was pull and go. But you're asking a guy who doesn't handle the ball. Yeah, doesn't handle the ball. That isn't hasn't been asked at all ever. I don't think in his career to to. Wildcat read option. Um, oh, yeah, or, or handle ball under center and play like a quarterback spot. I mean, you're asking him to do something that he's never done before. I mean, yeah, it may work, but it may happen exactly like it happened, which is Brandon Ayuk runs in front. He doesn't pull the ball out quick enough because he's struggling to make the read. Brandon Ayuk hits him in the face mask. That makes him stumble. He doesn't get anywhere, and he gets tackled for three-yard loss, and we're punting. Um, it, yeah, some of the offensive play calls, it, just, it, it, it was. It was just too cute. There were times where... Um, it felt like we didn't. We're almost too afraid to take shots downfield, but maybe we can. Like we, there was a couple of times where I thought we had one on ones with Ayuk on the outside. Um, when it looks like they were playing cover one, and then they weren't playing a soft zone, and Ayuk's running a short route, and we're not even trying to send him downfield and use the speed and take the top off the defense. Um, he outschemed himself 100% today. We didn't do any of the things that we had been doing the last few weeks. Seattle came out and was dead set on setting the edge defensively, not letting us get to the outside. We didn't try really any receiver sweeps, fly sweeps. We had the one reverse in which Jet McKinnon fumbled the pitch, and Ayuk has to pick up the ball and try and get around the edge, which if the, if the handoff's clean and McKinnon catches the, the pitch, the play probably works because Ayuk doesn't have to slow down to pick up the ball. He it probably would, yeah. gets you know 10 yards in a first down. Um, but because he's got to slow down to pick up the ball, he can't get to the edge on the outside. We didn't utilize swing passes or anything that we've utilized the last few weeks to get us out in the edge and playmakers in space. Seattle was doubling Kittle. They were putting two guys over the top on IU, forcing him to take the short routes if he did have an option route. There just wasn't much going on anywhere until they stopped the blitz package. Once they stopped blitzing, then the offense was able to get going because Mullins had time to sit back in the pocket and read and find the right guy to throw the ball to downfield. I think there was a, another couple things that I saw was, number one, it didn't look like Jimmy felt comfortable uh, pushing off his back foot again. That could also be why they didn't take shots downfield. His ball was fluttering, which isn't good. Um, just the way Jimmy sets up in the pocket and the way he drives the ball normally, 
that just didn't look uh, very good. I thought that was obvious early on, which makes me question whether he came in again a little a little ginger. Um, he ends up going out of the game with it, of course. And then, you know, the other thing was the Debo Samuel missing was so apparent. Just the fact that Debo's attitude, the way they get him involved in the game, the, the way that he frees up things for uh, George Kittle and for Brandon Ayuk was real evident today. Um, Kendrick Bourne showed up. Kendrick Bourne played well, um, as I kind of thought he would. However, it just wasn't enough. You could tell that the 49ers came in and really didn't feel comfortable if they had to put a third receiver on the field. And, and that's kind of scary. They don't really have a third receiver. If they're missing someone, um, you know, I mean, today they didn't have a third receiver, but if they're missing someone, if they're missing Ayuk, Debo, or Kendrick Bourne, they're in trouble in the, the receiving uh, department. Yeah, they're... It was just Jimmy looked uncomfortable all day, like you said. He, I don't know if it, it, I'm assuming it was injury because he did end up coming out with the injury, but he just didn't look like himself. The oh. ball didn't leave his hand correctly all day. What do you mean he came out with an injury? He was totally benched. That's that's a hundred percent what it was. It was a benching. But it leads me to question: this kind of twice that he started a game where he looks like that. Maybe you shouldn't be out there if he looks like that. I mean, but did you see what happened the last time we started someone? True, that wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. True. What do you mean, man? Nick Mullins is the future, guys. He's he looked great today. Look at him out there slinging against soft cover three zones. Yeah, I remember if if C.J. Beathard had this type of performances against the Eagles as well. Yeah, soft yeah. cover three zones. I have nothing top, against yeah. Mullins. Um, I think he's a solid backup player. He's a solid back, but he's a backup. He's not a he's not a starting quarterback in this league. So that 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 begs the question for me. Then there's no way Jimmy's playing Thursday with with the ankle the way it's week. looking. Short <laughs> week, probably not. I would set it at doubtful at the moment. So what do you guys, what do you guys anything. think? What are you two specifically thinking about the quarterback situation? I think if Kittle plays, I think that they'll be okay for a week with with uh, Mullins. I think the I'm I'm not excited about it, but I think they'll be okay. Uh, I I think that they should start C.J. Beathard, um, and then bring in Mullins a couple of drives into the game or a drive into the game. We need opener because when Mullins comes off the bench, he looks a lot better than when he starts the game. So this could be like a thing. This is the new going to be the new analytics thing, right? It is. It's like the, thanks Farhan's and Yudi for nothing. Way to go! So it's going to be. It's gonna be a straight full on. Yeah, I mean, basically, analytics-wise, yeah. maybe, maybe that's what they do. Long reliever, Nick Mullins, coming in, coming in for three, three quarters. Doesn't play all four, just three quarters. I will say this: I think that Nick Mullins will show a better performance than he had against Philly. I think the moment got too big for him, and now he's he's humbled. You know, he he understands. I think he'll be more comfortable. I think he's got the right demeanor to be a solid quarterback. I don't think he, you know, he's a starter by any means, but. I do think that he can go out there and, and be successful in a in a limited basis. Um, I do like his athletic ability where they can move the pocket and stuff, which you can tell they haven't been able to do to the level they want to with Jimmy. Yeah, agreed, 100%. What's the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo's ankle? Kyle has Shanahan said to ask Garoppolo. Garoppolo didn't speak on Zoom after the game. So breaking news, Jimmy Garoppolo not a main, av main available to speak to the media. And Kyle Shanahan telling the media to talk, ask Jimmy what's going on with his ankle. So, and trouble, I actually heard that on the way over here. I heard Kyle's interview where he said, "Ask Jimmy," and he said it as badly as you're thinking. So, but I did not realize that Jimmy didn't 
so this this is obvious there is obvious trouble in paradise here is is this potentially the end for jimmy garoppolo in san francisco this this game right now based on those comments from shanahan and the fact that jimmy didn't talk to the media is this it I don't know. I don't like. I don't like hearing just that type of tone. It could just be aggravation from Kyle Shanahan as a play caller when things don't go your way, or you know sometimes you question the things you do. Um, you definitely you start getting frustrated. And I'm sure he's frustrated with the performance that they put out. So I th I think it's also that and the fact that Shanahan had high praise for Garoppolo all week. He said this is the best best he's looked in practice all week yeah. coming into this game, and then this happens, and then Jimmy goes out with the ankle injury. Um, is this is this Shanahan call, calling at least calling into question Jimmy's toughness, Horst? You know, I don't know. It's it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. The tone that Kyle said it with, and then Garoppolo has never been a prickly guy with the media. As far as it's never come out like that, it's weird for him not to make himself available. In better news. George Kittle had his foot and ankle um, x-rayed and there were no fractures. Apparently there were a sphere of a fracture yeah, in so. his foot. Those come back negative, so, so it looks like Kittle's going to be A-OK, -okay, hopefully. I'm still. They still haven't said anything about his availability. but I mean, the real question is for the next two games, will there be Jimmy Garoppolo in the lineup? I mean, there's. I think there has to be doubts that he will play the next two games um, just I mean, just because of the, the situation. I mean, and then does it bring up the way that, that Kyle made it sound? Um, is it worse than just the next few games? <laughs> is it is it Jimmy was frustrated? I don't see Jimmy quitting, though, because Jimmy's a it tough guy. I can't see him just walking, you know, yeah. being done. But I could see if Kyle said something like, you need to get it going or I'm going to pull you. You know, I could see that. Yeah, but I think there's some definite frustration after today's game from some, both sides. Yeah, like I, I think it's just Jimmy's a competitive guy. Kyle's a com definitely a competitive guy. And for God's sakes, he plays quarterback in practice against defense. And maybe it's one of those where, you know, Kyle's been defending Jimmy to the media for a year and a half now, and maybe Jimmy said something Kyle didn't like. Well, let's be honest. Kyle always speaks his mind. True. So true. if he expects Jimmy Garoppolo to step up, he's going to tell Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's not going to sugarcoat it for anyone. So this might have been his call-out moment. This might have been his way of saying, you know, I don't really care if he's hurt. He needs to step it up and play at a, at a higher level. True. I mean, that's just kind of how Kyle handles business. So he will un Kittle will undergo further testing tomorrow to see what type of injury he's dealing with. There was no comment on Availability Thursday. So coming into so coming into today's game, the Niners had 13 players on IRs. IR breaking news after the game: potentially 15 or 16. Yeah, <laughs> this right. Knows. Tevin's gone. Tevin's gone for sure. Tevin, uh, that might be it for him. Was there any word on Jamar uh, Taylor? I have not seen um, anything about him. Yeah, I just I think that they the injuries are just so much. This is it's it's, it's nuts. It's insane. Yeah. I've never seen this amount of injury in one season, and it's it's not. Uh, it's not what we'd call a good thing. And speaking of things that weren't very good, how about our offensive key matchups? Those, those did not go well at all. Uh, and why don't we start with you? What did you What did you have on your end, and uh, where did it go horribly, horribly wrong? Uh, my offensive key matchup was the 49ers uh, run game versus the Seahawks defense. 
And I really expected the 49ers to take advantage of the Seahawks defense and be able to run the ball. And they really didn't. I mean, they did not execute at all. Um, Hasty couldn't really get it done. The only one that was getting it done was Tevin until he went out. He had three carries, you know, for I think it was 19 yards. And he was he was playing okay until he got hurt. But, you know, H Hasty was out there battling, but there really wasn't a lot of holes. Um, they were their linebackers were and defensive ends were setting the edge and forcing plays back inside 49ers weren't be able, being able to get outside and I thought what was really telling was that they didn't use the swing passes and those type of things with the outside zone look um, to really free up and and stretch the defense horizontally uh, they had been doing it so much and I don't know if that's the Devo factor or not but they did not stretch the, the defense horizontally they were able to pack the box and still cover. I think Debo missing definitely made a difference. Um, hopefully they can fix it. But yeah, it did not go well for the four dash today. Run game was a big uh, a big L. And I think that's part of the reason the 49ers weren't successful. When the run game goes, they go. Yeah, my offensive key matchup was the 49ers offensive line and George Kittle. Um, kind of, it kind of went with what he was going with. Them getting those outside zones going, them getting the blocking going, and it wasn't good. They did not have, they had a bad game today as a group run blocking. Um, they couldn't get much push. I know that Hasty averaged under three yards of carry. I believe they were under three yards of carry as a team. Um, and their pass blocking wasn't a whole lot better. I know they faced a ton of blitz pressure, but there were a couple plays. I thought the tackles actually held up pretty well, but it was more um, grass who looked to. Like he got beat a few times there on the blitzes right up the middle by Bobby Wagner. Um, it just, it wasn't their best day. I, I'm not going to go back and say it was like Dolphins game bad, but it definitely wasn't the day that the team needed from them. Absolutely was not the day that the team needed from them. Um, and my key matchup was the 49ers tight ends against the Seahawks linebackers, and the Seahawks linebackers went, went out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of coverage from the Seahawks linebackers. KJ Wright was the only one I really saw out in coverage a lot. Bobby Wagner was fully committed to the run and blitzing. Pretty much every pass down, that guy was in the backfield or almost in the backfield on every single pass play. He ab abused Hieronymus Grasso. There was a blitz package where he comes right through the A-gap. Lankin Tomlinson steps outside as he goes right between him and Grasso. Um, right at Jimmy G and sacks him in the backfield. There was the other one where Jimmy G breaks the, the tackle on the outside and McGlinchey's trying to hold on to there and, and trying to pick one of two guys up coming off the edge. He chips the first guy a little bit, goes to get Wagner. Jimmy sneaks out of the pocket and escapes the first sack and then Wagner just nicks his foot and is able to get him down in space. Um, he was a nightmare for the defense, he, for the offense, excuse me. Bobby Wagner was all over the place against the run. He was all in the backfield. In, on passing downs, they were fully committed to making life as hard as humanly possible for Jimmy G in the run game, every possession, and they succeeded. Uh, Ken Norton Jr., man, he, I was, that's he had himself. What I was about a, to say. You gotta tip your hat to him. He was he was ready today. <clears throat> is I feel like the reason we lost these matchups is we lost that matchup. <laughs> Which one? The offensive versus defensive coordinator. I think it was game plan. That's I what really I really do. I think the 49ers offensive game plan was terrible. I, I think that they just went away from everything. It, I mean, if, unless Debo is that important to the offense that you have to change everything up, I honestly think that we just came out with a, a really shaky game plan. I mean, I think you just do what you do until, you know, until they stop it. 
And it just it wasn't there. I they, mean, yeah. and they definitely didn't do what they've been doing. More decent news: Jordan Reed should play on Thursday, according to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Breaking news: Jordan Reed is active, which should. means should be active. Which means you know what that means based on how the 49ers season has gone. George Kittle will be going to IR. <laughs> yeah. That that probably is probably sad. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> So, yeah, what what straight beast are we talking about? I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, because I talked about him, and while that's bold, I'm gonna say Kendrick Bourne played really well. Mm-hmm. And he had a, a very good game, and he stepped up his game. And since I'm always so critical of him, I gotta make sure that when he plays well, I give him praise because I'm not a hater. So, big praise to him. He played well. He played tough. He played strong. If he could have been a little bit stronger, he could have got the touchdown and got my wild ass bold correct. But um, overall, great game from him. For the second week in a row, I'm going to go with Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah, fantastic. I thought he had another good game, made some catches. Oh, as always, his blocking was on point. Um, such a key cog to the offense, doesn't get much love. So I'll go with Kyle Juszczyk again. And I'm going to give Brandon Ayuk a nice straight, some straight beast love, but specifically for that goal line touchdown at the end. That was a, that was a, a very nasty route, stuck on the outside, gives the inside inside move like he's running the slant. The DB didn't just bite; he he completely sold out for it. He yeah. was like, "I got the oh, he's not going here." What? What? Yeah. Who that? Who there? But yeah, no. That I mean, the route was route was sick. Um, it, it's looking the, the good news is is that it looks like Shanahan and Lynch have the wide receiver position dialed in, in the draft because Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk look like not Pettis. I mean, listen, everybody gets one. All right, Spider Man said it best to Peter Griffin, Family Guy. Everybody gets one. Wow, thanks, Spider Man. Everybody gets one. Tell him, Peter. Uh, apparently, everybody gets one. Bingo. Dante Pettis was not a hit. That's okay. What about Deke Boderman? Spoderman's not real, man. Okay. Yeah, he's he's not real. Spider Man is Spoderman not. They hit on these two. Brandon Ayuk looks like the real deal. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he looks big, like going forward. Big time. If you guys are still enjoying our content more than you enjoyed the way the Niners played today, you need to scroll down, comment, hit the notification bell, and like. Go ahead and comment. Tell us what you think went wrong for the Niners today and what they can do to fix it. Also, I want to hear your guys' take on what the on the quarterback situation for the 49ers. Is Garoppolo just injured? Is he still the quarterback of the future? Or do we need to give Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard a try? So remember, our next episode will be Wednesday this week because the 49ers play on Thursday. So be here for the game preview on Wednesday of this week. Come check it out. We'll tell you whether the Niners have a chance to beat the Packers. I think they can. Yeah, and we want to give some shout outs to some people that have been very active on our channel and and following us and and helping us along the way and that's uh jay in the bay we really appreciate it go kart mozart thank you for always uh commenting i like your comments they're always um to the point and then also jr meadows thank you your scores and stuff are really nice we really appreciate it guys another couple names that we want to mention are my main man jose aloha Thank you for watching and participating. Nico Antolin, you're always commenting. Nico! Letting me know how, what you think. And Tara Yoshino for always commenting. You like our stuff. It's very sweet. 
absolutely very sweet. Also, big shout outs to the first ever guest on the podcast, Mr. Ralph Burgos. Yes. Always commenting, being involved. We appreciate the Thanks, support. Ralph. Always, Ralph, big time. Jay White, also Jay, Jay Whistle. Yeah, Get Jay. at me. Of this just in, his YouTube channel, right there. Go check him out. Give him a subscribe. Also, the Saiyan Elite X. Appreciate mm-hmm. the support, man. And the the swell lady Megan Davidson. She's she's pretty cool. You kind of know her, right? Uh, I think I feel like yeah. I feel like we did something recently. I don't know. Like did something pretty big you like together. It, you gotta put a ring on it. Yeah, something it's something something involving rings. Which one of your girlfriends is that? It's the important one. Oh, the important one. Yeah. Not the ones that always try to get at him on YouTube. Sorry, ladies, I'm taking. Sorry, ladies, that beautiful Italian mug is taken. It's true. Yeah. Big schnoz and all. (laughs) And now it's time for some defensive key matchups, and I'm going to throw this off with my defensive key matchup, which was the 49ers DBs versus the Seahawks wide receivers. Yeah, I mean that's that's an understatement, horse. That was a hundred percent an understatement. It was it was pretty poo poo today. Guess you didn't watch the second half. (laughs) I mean. I watched the second half, but it, it didn't matter at that point. It was too far too it was too far gone by then. The the first couple drives, everything looked pretty much in sync. We looked good defensively. We looked in sync, solid, had an idea of where Russell Wilson wanted to put the ball, forced him to put the ball in places we wanted him to put the ball. And then uh like you said earlier, after that Greenlaw missed tackle with the sticks, Russell Wilson turned into Mr. Unlimited. And DK Metcalf showed why he's an elite deep threat wide receiver in this league. Um Tyler Lockett didn't do much, but when DK Metcalf is bullying Emmanuel Mosley all over the field, you don't need Tyler Lockett doing pretty much anything. You can just put the ball up in space DK Metcalf, and and his big, gigantic, steroid-looking behind is going to be catching everything in space. Listen, he he he's not probably taking steroids. He's never tested positive, but that dude is huge. Yeah. My word. He he's looked a, like a grown man lining up next to a little kid. He really did. He, he's a, he's an actual monster. Mm-hmm. He really is. It's it's insane. Big fat L for the Niners. Now we know DBs. where Odell Beckham's talent went. That's, it really went all the DK Metcalf potentially, man. That dude is 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 a problem, and he's going to be a problem for pretty much every team in the NFC West for the rest of this season and the future. It's it's not looking forward to it. Our DBs and our DBs are going to have to figure something out going forward. I don't know if you just double him and play underneath and throw somebody over the top going forward. Um, you can't put him you can't put him on an island against our guys especially deep because he just he bullies he's just gonna bully his way into position especially in the red zone uh it's real simple uh i'm never gonna show any love to dk metcalf number one um number two if we had a pass rush dk metcalf takes so long to get into his routes everything is long it's uh takes forever for him to get there i think they would have a better chance of stopping him that's why they were better against him last year than they were this year and last year he was going against a killer witherspoon the whole game it's true um now for my key matchup though unfortunately i had the 49ers defense against russell wilson um mainly with kind of the idea of knowing where he's at and at first they were all locked in they all everyone had an eye on where he was they were accounting for him on every play the blitzes didn't allow him any space to get out to find lanes to throw and they were really disrupting him and as the game progressed the game plan changed and russ started finding avenues making people miss getting outside the pocket um yeah poor dj jones um make just i mean forced to miss uh al shair coming off his 
receiver and not making a, you know, and going after Russ when he really didn't need to at the moment. Um, so overall, at first they did well, but in the second half uh, and really the second quarter, um, Mr. Unlimited got his thing going. He showed why he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And uh, unfortunately, the 49ers game plan wasn't wrong on defense. It just, at some point, when, you, when you're constantly guarding short field, it gets to you. First of all, Sierra's music sucks, and I'd rather listen to Future. Um, but to go past that, my key matchup was the 49ers linebackers against Seattle's run game. Goodies, not my and goodies. Just garbage. Garbage. <laughs> garbage human being. Oh, um, my Lord. So, oh my. past all that, the 49ers linebackers actually did a pretty good job against Seattle's run game. Sierra! What they were also held to like less than three yards of carry. They did have two rushing touchdowns, but they were both from very short distances. So you not too upset about that. I actually thought they did a pretty good job there. Unfortunately, Aziz Alshair likes to be in the wrong place at the wrong time in every other situation. So You know why? The beat was automatic, supersonic, hypnotic, funky, fresh. I just want Russ to think about what before you had it. Oh, no. <laughs> Horse cut. Do we have a mute button? Can we put this guy in timeout or something? My word. Every week with this guy, I swear. This week, the block was lukewarm. At best. It wasn't awful. It wasn't freezing cold. It wasn't frigid. Hell, it didn't freeze over or anything like that. But it was not uh, hot. But was there anyone on this lukewarm block that stood out to either of you? Several, actually. Let's hear some. Um, I thought Marcel Harris, which I never show him love, but I want to show him love on his hard hits. I thought that those were big. He was he was getting physical and and taking uh, slants away. He was making them, you know, go in there knowing they're gonna get that they're gonna the get hurt hit hard. Business. That was definitely the hurt business. Absolutely. Um, I thought Jimmy Ward was playing physical. Um, I thought, of course, Horse will say, I'll get, I'll let Horse move on, but those two guys especially. Uh, I thought Kerry Hyder had a pretty good game. I know he came in with the sack, provided pressure off the edge. He's, the guy's making play, he was intended to be a backup. Like, I mean, let's be honest, he was not intended to play the amount of plays he's playing. For what the 49ers paid to get him, he's doing really well. And I, he, I think he always plays with high effort, high intensity. He's just one of those guys that's a step slow, a step a little bit small from being an elite level player. But I do appreciate that he always comes out there and brings his A game. Absolutely. And he does bring his A game. Kerry Hyder has produced at least one second game pretty much every every game this year. He's the only D lineman that's consistent, at least, to say the least. He's on pace for nine sacks. He is. He's having a, a really good season, and someone is going to pay that man some decent money next year. To and be pretty disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he should probably just be wherever uh, Kacerik is. I mean, in all honesty, it's the only, place he's, the only place he's really produced in his career is where Kacerik is the coach. So maybe he stays in San Francisco as a backup in case, you know, the injury bug decides to strike us two times in a row, in which, in that case, you just got to say football gods. What's your deal? Huh? Was this year not enough? 19 guys on IR? Yeah, freaking jabronis. But anyway, uh, yeah, so for me, my guy, I don't know who, I don't know. I'm not going to pick nobody. Screw it. I'm You're not going to pick anyone? No, I'm done with this segment. Awesome. He doesn't like defense. I'm upset. 
I want I a mean, picture. I, w I wish there was a picture of Pete Carroll right behind you guys. I could throw this mouse through his face. I mean, truly, the <clears throat> Niners didn't play that bad on defense. No, it wasn't that bad. Jason Verrett had a good game. Mm -hmm. K1 Williams had a good game. Mm -hmm. Fred Warner had a good game. Always. The other two linebackers, I didn't think did as well. I thought Greenlaw was caught out of place a few times. But he had seven tackles, man. It was a great I I'm glad he had seven tackles, and I'm appreciative of seven tackles. He also didn't stop someone for the sticks. Uh, Al Shire let and Greenlaw both let people get outside of him. Greenlaw looked slow when he was chasing the running back to the sideline. You could definitely tell the speed difference between him and Quan um, in that regard. He is a fantastic tackler, but so I don't want to uh, downgrade him. He's but, only in his second year. Yeah, um, but I, I thought there was some bright spots. So I, I want to say that they, their defense played mm -hmm. well. I don't think they look like a team that should have given up that many points. By the way, Alex, yes, sarcasm is the lowest form of humor. Oh, is it now? Mm -hmm. You know, he would know because he's so funny and funny, you know, funny guys. You know, I know he's right. Because yeah, I'm funny. Yeah. The good news is it's a short week. We have a game on Thursday. We can get this bad taste out of our mouth. And which also means because it's a short week, we have a different schedule for our episodes. So Wednesday night, our next episode will come out 530 Pacific. Make sure you check it out. We'll be telling you the key matchups, what we need to do to stop Aaron Rodgers. No discount double checks for this guy. 49ers need to make sure we get back over 500, keep pace in the playoff hunt. In better news, I won't have to see this guy for a few days when he goes out of town. Wait, I'm going out of town? You're going on assignment. I'm going on assignment? Yeah. Where to? Green Bay, Wisconsin. But it's it's wintertime. It's going to be cold. Pack yeah. your coat. We need inside information. Guys, I'm in, I'm in, I don't know if you guys know. I, I'm engaged now. I can't just pick up and leave. She's so. going with you. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like I'll be reporting live from Green Bay, Wisconsin next Wednesday. Man, this is... I didn't sign up for this. I don't know how I feel about this, guys. Just... You know, you know it's going to be cold. I'm aware, but I didn't wear a coat. When, wait, when's my flight? Oh. I gotta leave in like four, four hours. I'm leaving tonight? Mm-hmm. I didn't pack. Oh, God. All right, I gotta go. Jesus Christ. He's gotta get ready. I've gotta go listen to Ice Ice Baby. So you know what time it is. Chalk another one up. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>